2: Tittle! <laughs>
3: All right, thank you for that, and welcome to a TGIF edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. How you doing? My voice is still a little bit down here. That's hot, baby. That's hot. one 800 878 plays the number to call. 1-800-878-7529. Get you in and get you heard all across this great land of ours. That's right, Bulgaria. And uh, also... Any sporting topic you would like. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, go to ball chess, checkers, rugby, cricket, all that type of stuff. And we'll do it together at the toll-free line. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. You got to get it, got it, good. We got three hours. We got guests. Jan Wall is still on vacay, <clears throat> but we're still going to bring in some Hollywood guests in the first hour as we do on Friday. We'll have a uh, festival director coming up. Also, a couple of stars of the new movie, Dog Boy. Lana Wood, a Bond girl. Very famous sister as well. And uh, Eric Roberts, always volatile. Eric is back on the show once again. Second hour, we will have another writer-director of a new film called Mr. Limbo. We'll have comedian Anthony Session, the mad bus driver. And then uh, after our ATN segment, the third hour will be mostly open for your calls and your texts. Don't forget to get on the old fashioned glazed donut text line at 999 994. Once again, old fashioned glazed donut text line, 999 994. Send me a text that way. Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitch app. And CRN digital plus two, the cable radio network channel, two, will provide 35 million homes, homes uh, big numbers, five outlets, 177 countries on the American forces radio network. Happy Friday, Mark's out there, home abroad, you're doing a good job. Tweet app is at Rick.
0: We can be at back.
4: Even putting back a few.
3: All right, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's always a first hour on Friday. We like to take a look into the arts. And let's do that now with festival festival director Emilia Antonucci. She's here to talk about how at the Castro Theater coming up on Saturday, September 10th, they will have Pasolini 100, homage to Pierre Paolo Pasolini. Amelia, welcome to the show. And I guess it's only fitting that since he was from Emilia, Romagna, that your name is Amelia, right?
6: <laughs> no, well, my name is Amelia and uh, I am not from Emilia, Romagna. I'm from the south. I'm from Salerno in Campania. But anyway, per Paolo Pasolini that we are celebrating at the Castro on Saturday, September 10. He's from Bologna. He was born in Bologna, so he was born in Emilia-Romagna. So, yes, there is a coincidence of uh, closer names. the yeah,
3: one with the A, <laughs> one with the E, yes. Yes. So, yeah. uh, Cinema Italia San Francisco in, uh, in, con- in, con- in conjunction with the Council General of Italy in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know about Pier Paolo Pasolini, a guy who was a journalist, a novelist of a playwright, an actor. He's basically what we would call an intellectual, isn't he?
6: Yes, it is. And uh, actually, more than a filmmaker, he was a poet. He started with poetry in the Fulano dialect, in the dialect of the region where uh, he was um, living most of the time, most of his youth. And and then he was also a teacher. And then he had to move from... uh, uh, Bologna, from Casarsa, where he was teaching in Friuli, to Rome because he was kind of uh, persecuted because he was an homosexual, and uh, he was uh, he had to move. Uh, he lost his job in uh, in Casarsa, and he moved to Rome. And over there, he joined a group of other intellectual and uh, uh, writers like Alberto Moravia, Dacia Maraini, Elsa Morante, and he started to um, he started to write. He started to make uh, uh uh poem, poems and also uh, articles and he was more than uh, than um, um he was he was also like a, uh, an observer of the world that was around him he was very popular he was in every kind of uh, um, discussion and uh, conferences lectures he was writing tons of articles on newspaper um, and he tried to be part of the of the intellectual life of uh, of Rome of Italy at the time. So I grew up in those years, and I remember that uh, we were very, very much involved with his life, and with his ideas. It was a very difficult time for the politics in Italy at the time. After the war, we had this Christian Democrat uh, politics for a long time, and then the left was started to be. Uh, stronger and stronger, and Pasolini joined the Communist Party, but he was also very critical with them. So um, he was a very controversial figure at the time. So that's, uh, that's uh, the, like you said, you're right, he was more than, uh, more than a filmmaker. He was a writer, he was a political journalist, uh, a man of theater, and many other things.
3: <laughs> you know, I'm just, I, I love... The way these names of his movies roll off the tongue, like "Evangelo Secondo Matteo" and Uccellace e Uccellini." What can you <laughs> tell me, though, about "Mamma Roma" with uh, Armani yeah. and Ettore yes. Garofalo?
6: Yes. Uh, well, um, I didn't uh, show. I showed. Uh, we had the same uh, Pier Paolo Pasolini uh, retrospective in two thousand thirteen. It uh, was my first program at Cinema Italia. We did it at the Castro and at the Roxy at the time. So I decided to redo it now because of the 100th anniversary of his birth. So all over Italy there are a lot of celebrations. And uh, the program started in Los Angeles at the American Academy of Motion Picture uh, Museum. And, uh, and so we decided to present it again. Of course, I didn't, read, I didn't present Vangelo secondo Matteo and uh, I wanted to present movies that they were a little bit more uh, um, symbolic for his personality. So, uh, we started with a movie by Abel Ferrara that follows the, the last few days, the last days of his life. And I think uh, Abel Ferrara made a wonderful tribute to him because he was so close to his uh, soul. You know, it was... Uh, uh, I decided that maybe San Francisco wanted to know a little bit more about uh, the way that he died. And um and then we started with um Acatone. A Catone was Pasolini's first movie and this actually is the pure uh, way that he sees the the, the the young people at the time, the young people on the outskirts of Rome and uh it's a it's a wonderful movie even though it doesn't have all those magic tricks of filmmaker because it was his first movie. But maybe that's why it's more simple and more pure. And then Mamma Roma is a classic, it's a wonderful masterpiece with Anna Magnani, the famous uh, actress that we celebrated in 2016. So uh, Mamma Roma is a little different than a catone because uh, it's already, uh, is like the... The, the contamination of the bourgeois, uh, bourgeoisie was already taking its uh, its bite on the on the on the on the simple people, on the on the main people of the uh, the the of the, of the, of the popolo of the of mm. the outskirts. So um, it is a little bit also. She's contaminated by the desire to make more. Uh, for his child to make more, uh, uh, to to be to become to become from a prostitute as she was, as she wanted to become a normal person, a regular person without to re, to donate a, a new life to his child. So it's a very important movie in his uh, in his uh, in his uh, ideas. And then of mm-hmm. course Medea. Medea is. Uh, uh, is a must because it's also the 100th anniversary of uh, Maria Callas' uh, uh, birth. Maria Callas and Pasolini had a wonderful relationship. It was uh, more than friendship. It was almost love. It was actually was love. But uh, they couldn't actually become a couple. But they were very close to each other, and uh, they they spent a lot of times in Africa traveling together. And I think he donated this uh, gift to her to make a role, a uh, film, film, uh, uh, it all her only film presence. She did Maria Callas didn't have any other film after that. But it's, uh, it's also uh, it's also like a clash of two cultures. Even in Medea, he wanted to show the differences between the archaic world of Medea. And a new generation of Jason that is contaminating this archaic world. So, his theme comes back a little bit, and uh, and then I wanted to shock a little bit the people of San Francisco with Salo. Salo is uh, is a is a very strong movie. It was uh, it was not shown in Italy after his uh, Pasolini died a few a few weeks after he made Salo, mm-hmm. and. Um,
3: I hate to to cut you off, but we're running out of time. I want to make sure everybody gets over to the Castro Theater Saturday, September 10th. It's going to start at 10.30 a.m. They're going to show the movies all day. It's Pasolino, 100, homage to Pier Paolo Pasolini. We've been speaking to the festival director, Amelia Antonucci. Amelia, mille grazie.
6: Grazie a lei per per questa presenza. Grazie mille. Remember... September 10, Saturday, from 10.30 until the evening at 11.30. Thank you very much. <laughs> Avante
3: prego. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back with Lana Wood. Who do you think you are? Pissed up, stuff. You're never
6: going to
4: get my love.
0: pricing information 800-915-9654 800-915-9654 800-915-9654 that's 800-915-9654
7: no offense but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror how would you like to learn the secrets to lose three to five pounds a week easily If you're ready to start losing weight right now, call right now to learn more about your risk-free order to Body Sculpt.
0: Call for your risk-free offer. 800-738-5332. 800-738-5332. 800-738-5332. That's 800-738-5332. That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
4: Sometimes when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me. Fast, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass, the flames rising out of the flowing gasoline. right. Well, I have to to go now, Duane, because I'm
8: due back on the planet Earth.
9: Tittle ain't the man, but Rick Tittle know who the man is, and he slapped his white fanny.
3: All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle, with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network, and uh, it's our pleasure to welcome to the show Lana Wood, veteran actress. She has a new movie from Flicks West called Dog Boy, which is going to be coming out on the eighth. In fact, her co-star Eric Roberts is going to join me once again on the show coming up in the next segment. Lana, welcome to the program, and, and do you still like the term being called a bond girl, even though you're not a girl anymore, you're a woman, but what's it like being a bond girl for life?
10: I love it. I absolutely love it. Who can call me a bond girl when I'm I'm choking out my last breath of air. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yes, diamonds are forever with my favorite Bond. I think most people's favorite Bond. The classic Sean Connery. What was it like to uh, work with old Sean?
11: Well,
10: I was fortunate that I had met him uh, when he was married to Diane Talento in London, and uh, I was invited over to their house for dinner. They had a home in Putney, which was just outside London, so I knew him a bit. I was I was comfortable. Um, and I was delighted that I would have one friend on a, on a new set, and it was such an important film that I was a nervous wreck, so I was really happy that Sean would be there. He was not having a terrific time um, during our shoot. He was having various personal problems, um, but he was always, you know, right on the money and... Uh, did everything he could, and he was delightful. We would go and have dinner after we finished shooting or, you know, try to catch some sort of a, a mild show since everybody was always exhausted. But um, I was really happy to be able to work with him.
3: Great stuff. And, you know, I think about those great names the Bond girls had. Have you ever walked down the street to this day and people say, hey, Plenty O'Toole?
10: <laughs> I used to have it on my license plate I had a plenty license plate And then I thought, wow, that's really stupid Why don't I you know, put a big neon arrow over the car too So I had, uh, I had it changed And instead uh, my license plate read clearly Because when you go to fill out your request It has a line, first line and it says underneath it please print clearly therefore i did
3: mhm and your background is is so interesting when you think about your parents coming from russia and you're actually svetlana and of course your sister natalie you guys so did she pick wood first how did we get to wood
10: um yeah my uh, my parents chose it Mm. from uh, the director Sam Wood, it was the studio suggested it, and um my mom always said that at first Natalie didn't care for it, and uh then she just sort of got used to it, so mm-hmm. it was it was all good and then when I did what to do my first role, which was in the John Wayne John Ford film The Searchers, mm-hmm. I was playing uh Natalie as a child, and um they asked my mom then, well, you know, how should we bill Lana? And mm-hmm. she said, just make her Lana Wood. So my name was changed to Wood as well.
3: <laughs> when you are maybe someday you're just going around the TV dial, what's the one movie or TV show that pops up maybe and you are you have maybe no recollection? You're like, oh, I forgot I was even in that.
10: I do that. It's so funny. Somebody said to me not too long ago, oh, I loved you and Wendy and me, and I said, what? (laughs) What what, what was that? But uh, I was under contract to Fox Studios, and uh, when when Peyton Place, when my role on Mm -hmm. Peyton Place ended, they put me in everything that was filming because they had to pay me no matter what. So they made sure that I was working. So I did... uh, you know, show after show after show. But, uh, yeah, I completely forgot about Wendy and me. I'm sure there are some others I've forgotten, too.
3: I love how Wild Wild West puts you in in back-to-back years, two different characters.
10: <clears throat> oh, I loved it! That was one of my favorite shows to do. <laughs> Great show. Because I got to be relaxed and, and you know, mildly silly. I had fun with the characters, um, as opposed to the very, you know... Uh, dark man eating, you know, fun stealing <laughs> villain that I usually was. <laughs> so I was delighted to do Wild Wild West and Bobby Conrad was a family friend. So there again I was very comfortable on the set. Um and it was fun. It was great fun to do. Love that show. Loved doing it.
3: Let's talk about the new movie *Dog Boy* from Flicks West. You play Vera Summers, a Hollywood movie star, and take us from there, please.
10: Well, she was a movie star. Now she's gotten older, and she's having difficulties finding roles. Um, at the at the same time, you know, she has a lot of responsibilities. Plus, the ego of Working and being in, in front of the camera. Um, she has an, an incident with a cab driver as she's coming back to her home from a short trip. And uh, along comes this, this man who is a Navajo, and it, he also runs a cab. And he asks her if, if he can help her, and she says yes. And she gets in the cab with him, and they end up talking. He gets along great with her dog. It seems that he's, you know, a dog whisperer. And um, animals love him. And she's sort of surprised and, and delighted. And it turns out, as they speak, that he doesn't have any place to stay. He was just kicked off the reservation by his family because he does nothing. And um, so he's sort of at, at odds. And uh, he takes a job from her. And she also gives him a suite in, in her mansion, which is quite huge. Um, but she can't afford to keep it and she needs a job badly and things start going awry. So, um, Jeff, her, her friend, her dog boy, um, manages to get into a lot of trouble, but it was done in to help her. It was done to help her. So I don't want to spoil the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um but he does he, he does manage to get the money that she needs. And um it's a it's a fairly happy ending. She gets to keep her home.
3: All right. and, well don't, um, give and, and <laughs> don't give too much away.
10: and he's alive. What?
3: Don't give too much away.
10: Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, let me let me let me ask you one more question, Lana. I was just looking at your filmography and your TV. It looks like in the early '80s you maybe "quote unquote" retired, and then after about 25 years, you really started acting and, and working a lot. Well, did you kind of think you were done in the '80s, or what? What made you come back?
10: Um. Well, I was actually funny as Vera Summers did. I was not getting enough roles. And I had a, a young daughter, and I was the sole supporter of my daughter. Um, I also, I went into production, which I absolutely adored. And then, you know, years later, there was there was a mishap there. And um, a company contacted me, a Christian company, and said that they had a film they wanted to make. A film from Book of Ruth And they sent me the script And I spoke with them at length And it was the most wonderful experience I absolutely adored it And loved the crew And loved the cast And ended up doing like Five more films for them And then the producer would have a friend Who was doing something And it just sort of started snowballing that way
3: Well, it's great stuff. I want to make sure everybody checks out the new movie, Dog Boy. You can find out more at flickswest.com. It'll be streaming on iOS, Fire TV, Roku, any way you can get to the web. You can check it out, and it'll be on the 8th, starring Lana Wood and our guest coming up here uh, after this break, uh, Eric Roberts. Lana, great to talk to you, and congratulations on the movie.
10: Thank you. Give Eric my love, please. And it's Flicks West with an X. It's F-L-I-X West.
3: There it is. Flix West. Thanks, Lana.
10: <laughs> Thank you.
3: You know, I always love the story about how Natalie Wood got discovered. She was a little girl going for an ice cream cone in Santa Rosa, California. And this guy's like, you could be a movie star. Oh, it can happen. Eric Roberts on the other side. I'm Rick Tiller. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports by.
12: has everything for school at great prices. So this year, you won't go back to school. You'll be ready to move forward and master fifth-grade math. I can't do this. It's impossible. Uh, not you, Dad. Your daughter. Staples will help her move forward. Ah, right. Right now, Staples One Subject Notebooks are just $0.35 cents each. Plus, during the Backpack Clearance event, you'll save up to 50% on select backpacks, lunch bags, and water bottles. Staples, this year, we're not going back. We're going forward to school. In-store only ends 9-3-Limit-30 on Notebooks.
13: In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call
0: 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635.
12: I don't even recognize myself
14: anymore. I'm really worried about him.
9: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's great to welcome back to the show. It's been a couple of years, but we have Eric Roberts, Oscar nominee, back again. And there's a a new movie coming out on Flix West called Dog Boy coming out here on the 8th. And, uh, Eric, welcome back to the program. In the previous segment, I was just interviewing Lana Wood, your co-star, and she said to make sure that I gave you her love. I
17: love Lana Wood. She's one of the nicest people i ever met.
3: Now, here's the thing, Eric. 600 credits? I mean, your filmography needs its own Wikipedia page. They can't even throw it on your regular page. There must be... There must be there must be dozens of things of which you have no recollection. Making am I right? I don't
17: know. I would hate to have to admit that honestly, but <laughs> I lost count at seventy-five. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm on number seventy-six.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is maybe when you think? I mean, we all know the the, the big names and the the big films: Runaway Train, Pro, Pope of Greenwich Village, all this other stuff. But but for you, is there one? Project TV movie you did that maybe isn't up there with the other accolades that you really love?
17: There's a half a dozen of them, which is, as you pointed out, 1%. And it's this King of the Gypsies, Star 80, Runaway Train, It's My Party, Love is a Gun, and Purgatory. Those six movies changed my life as a person, as an actor, as a career. And they were all experiences that 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 made me what I am, and I just love those movies for having been in my life.
3: Yeah, you think about Star 80, Cliff Robertson so good in that movie, Obsession, that De Palma movie, in Florence, and the uh, way he could kind of just own a scene with just a look. I mean, you you've worked with just about everybody, haven't you?
17: I have been so lucky. My first movie, my grandmother was played by Shelley Winters mm. and she took me aside, told me many stories. My grandfather was played by Sterling Hayden. He and I bonded, we to go grocery shopping together. And, uh, we, uh, and Susan Sarandon played my mom, Brooke Shields played my baby sister. I mean, it was an all-star cast and there was me plunked in the middle of it. It was really like, wow, what happened to my life? It's so cool.
3: <laughs> and just one more thing about Star 80. That was a Bob Fosse film, which I think most people think of Bob Fosse. They think of, of Broadway, but he was a
17: good director, too. Oh, he was a fabulous director. Did you ever see Lenny with Dustin Hoffman? Sure. Did you ever see Eliza with Liza Minnelli? I mean, he was all that jazz. Oh, my God, what a movie, dude. I mean, he was, <laughs> he was truly a great filmmaker. And uh, he he only made a movie every three years after he started making movies, and because uh, he gave his life to it. I mean, he was so, he was the most devoted boss I've ever had.
3: You have really transcended the era of you know we would you'd make a movie in the seventies and we'd kind of wait four years to to come to TV and it would be edited. It wouldn't be the same thing. And then going into renting VHS to DVD, and now everything is streaming, and. Is it bizarre to see it just go through like maybe five or six different
17: phases just in your career? Well, what's happened for me is when I get into movies, it was the most precious art there was, pretty much that in stage was the most precious art there were, and uh, it has gotten less and less artistic and less and less need of an artist to uh, to 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 demonstrate it, it's. It's become paint by numbers and uh, and and it looks like paint by numbers you know because we have those awful digital cameras now that make everything look like like a home movie and uh, so we have no illusion anymore it's all it's all a reality TV show now everything is so uh, that's what we have, and uh, you can like it or not, but that's what we have.
3: Well, I kind of feel that, you know, I'm in my 50s, and I'm not a big... I mean, I appreciate the entertainment, but I'm not a big Marvel or DC guy. I mean, I, I like the comics as a kid, and it seems
17: well, that look, almost... Well, I, I, I have to interrupt you. You have to be a Marvel uh, fan now, because my daughter's going to do a Marvel movie. she <laughs> so has to be a Marvel fan, dude. I'm sorry. I wasn't a Marvel fan either. I am now. There we go. Let's start from there, Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, of course. Emma Roberts, very, very good actress uh, as well. But I was You're just to right, say, she's fantastic. Yeah, and I can't. I mean, I still think of her as super young. Is she, what is she
17: like? Thirty now? She is in her thirty-second year. Wow.
3: Yeah. I said, I'm,
17: not, I'm, I'm not supposed to tell a woman's age, but it's my daughter <laughs> who just slipped out. That wasn't cool.
3: What's your uh, just since we brought up Emma? What's your favorite uh, thing that she's ever done for you? Oh,
17: I, I, I'm not going to single one out. No, I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that. No. Uh, uh, I, I like everything she ever touches. She's, mm-hmm. she's, she's one of my two or three favorite girls to watch there all in the world.
3: How amazing is it to look up on a screen and, and see her not just making it and succeeding, but being really good at it. you must have your heart and your throat every
17: time. Uh, Would just uh, just uh, just between me and you on the telephone, I uh, I actually cry sometimes. It's kind of mm-hmm.
3: cool. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. We're speaking with uh, Eric Roberts. The new film is called uh, Dog Boy. Uh, tell us your participation. What are you uh, playing here in Dog Boy, Eric?
17: I play the phone man. <laughs> I actually play an agent, but I'm always on the phone, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, yeah, it was a really fun thing. To do, they uh, they call me and they said, "Will you come play an agent?" And I said, "Am am, am, am I nice or smarmy?" And I said, "You're smarmy." I said, "I'll be right there." And that's <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it you know. I remember
3: last time you were on. I wanted to ask you about working on Tripfall with uh, John Ritter because you hear John Ritter and you know what a comic genius he is. But this this was a serious movie. And uh, you, you really got to see just how talented he was as a, as a serious actor as well. But did, was he joking around the whole time in between cuts?
17: John Ritter was, was a walking joke. He was hysterical all day long. Everything we did, especially in dramatic stuff where your life is at stake on the screen, and suddenly, oh my God, and then here comes John. And it was, it was always fun. John, John, John was a real actor, by the way. John could act. You know, John, John was also a, a, uh, comedian, but he could act. And, uh, and, and he was actually okay. And, um, we had a great time working together. He's old, dear friends of my wife, Eliza. They've known each other for like, like, I don't know, maybe 15 years. Like, like all their, all their adult lives. And, um, mm-hmm. and, um, since they were children and, um, and yeah. And uh, John was fantastic, and it was just a freak thing. And Had he been in, in the right place, they uh, they could have saved him, but he was in the wrong place, yeah. so he died. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. So,
3: you know, I talk about your 600-plus credits. It, the great thing about this art form is that you can keep going basically as long as, as they'll have you, and they're having you. So is there no exit plan? Are you just, just going to work until you, you drop Eric?
17: Well, look, here's, here's what happened and why we had this extraordinary number. is because they took film away and they gave us digital. And digital, honestly, what used should take three months literally takes three days. Mm-hmm. That's how much faster filmmaking got. And you mm-hmm. also didn't need a trained technician. You needed a kid who could flip a switch so it became really easy they stopped lighting movies they just turn on the lights so so uh, so you can see it they stopped lighting actors they stopped lighting sets they stopped all the, all the fancy stuff stopped all the all the filmmaking stuff stopped and we got this ugly stuff that we're all all getting used to so it's not so ugly and it's called digital and uh, we, uh, we watch it all day long on TV and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's where we're at. It, it's, uh, it's because artists stop running Hollywood and lawyers run Hollywood. So it's a faster, cheaper, faster, cheaper, faster, cheaper go. And that's yeah. what happened.
3: So speaking of the art of movie making, what was your longest, like Cecil B. DeMille on location for 18 months, grueling grind of a movie that you made?
17: It would have been star 80. We, hmm. uh, we shot for six months and it was, it was hard and I got tired. Was it all in Manhattan? No, uh, Star, Star, Star Eddie was all in Vancouver and Los Angeles. I think, I think Dorothy had a couple of New York scenes, but all my stuff was mm-hmm. Vancouver and Los Angeles. It was just then, a long,
3: hard, passionate shoot. And then when you think about like all the stars that you've, you've been with, um, were there any uh, that you butted heads with? I guess it's just human nature. You can't get along and be best friends with everybody, right?
17: Yeah, but it's your job too, because you're mm-hmm. you're overpaid, you're overcared for, you're 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 I mean, they they uh, they tell you what to say, what to stand, what to wear, they drive you to work, they uh they feed you for free. I mean all you gotta do is be nice. hmm It's like, kind of a great job. Yeah. So no <laughs> even 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 if you don't like your story, you're like oh my god, it's that one, oh no. You can't act <laughs> come on, we're grown ups. So, when you got on Another so, World. And also, and also, a lot of people think I'm the guys that I play. So, you right. can imagine, you know, when they <laughs> when they hear this thing and they don't know me, they say, oh, wow, ooh, I wonder what that's going to be like. You know, so, <laughs> so you know, you just, you just got to live with it, you know?
3: <laughs> no doubt. Um,. Well, everybody, I want to make sure you check out Dog Boy, available from Flix West. It'll be, as we said, streaming on iOS, Fire TV, Roku, any web-connected device. You can go to flixwest.com. It's coming out on the 8th with his co-star, our previous guest, Lana Wood. Eric, good to talk to you again, man, and congratulations on the new
17: film. You have been such a pleasant interview. Thank you, buddy. Have a good day.
3: You're all All right, feeling is mutual. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Byline.
4: Call Pharmacy Shop 24-7 to get generic versions of Viagra or Cialis for as little as $2 a pill, plus free discreet shipping.
0: 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. That's 800-709-4409.
18: Listen up, guys. Are you experiencing any of the following fatigue less drive poor performance if so you may be one of the nearly 30 million men in the u.s today dealing with ed but did you know you don't have to pay hundreds for a prescription anymore Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer.
0: 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. That's 800-761-9334.
12: You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious.
9: Rick Tittle is a majestic stallion.
3: (laughs) A majestic stallion. Thank you for that. By the way, quick uh, note here, an email from Chrissy. Thank you for sending it. Rick at sports is Eric Roberts still estranged estranged from his sister. Um, I did a little, well, I, I did not bring up Julia the whole interview. Uh, but, uh, and by the way, his daughter, Emma Roberts is really good. um, And uh, anyway, the thing with Julia Roberts, uh, according to the web, was that when Eric was getting arrested for cocaine, he got in a car crash, he was in a coma for three days, he had to relearn how to walk and talk and everything, and and then the mother of his daughter, Emma, said she wanted sole custody, and Julia said yes, and she fought for her niece to be with her mother, and Eric never forgave her for that. Well... He did forgive her, because according to the web, when Julia Roberts had her twins, that he was there, and now they're on good terms. All right. Everybody's happy. Um, One sports note, I know. Sports, what's that? O.J. Howard, remember him? Fantastic college tight end. 17th overall pick in 2017. Um, But he was uh, with the Buffalo Bills, after spending the uh, first part of his career with Tampa. And by the way, when they won the Super Bowl, he was uh, out that season. He still got a ring. But he was cut by the Bills on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, he was on the Bengals' practice squad. I know, yikes. Well, you know what you can do with a practice squad. You can pull anybody you want off the practice squad. So then last night, Houston took him off the practice squad and put them on the actual team because Houston's depth chart at tight end is Pharaoh Brown and Brevin Jordan. Last year, Brown caught 23 passes and Jordan caught 20. Remember Houston's quarterback situation last year, Davis mills and Tyrod Taylor, uh, Davis mills out of Stanford. they, resisted any type of free agent draft or trade to bring in someone else they're going with mills as their guy so they obviously really like him but uh the texans also took another tampa wide receiver um or receiver i should say and wide receiver tyler johnson who did not make the bucks uh uh, as well so you know houston's got some new pieces. Their rookies, Kenyon Green, Damian Price, Troy Hairston, they're still going to stink. But in case you were worried about OJ Howard, he has a home now. It's in Houston, Texas. I'm Rick Tittle. We got two more hours to go, and we'll do it together on Sports Byline. <laughs>
16: News with Tim Berg. Almost 170,000 residents of Jackson, Mississippi are without clean water for drinking, bathing, and cooking. Mississippi Republican Governor Tate Reeves explains the biggest priority is getting running water even if they have to sacrifice quality standards. We've installed a new rental pump, contracted with outside operators to do critical maintenance, and started other emergency repairs. We're going to need electricians and mechanics and divers and other skilled operators to complete all of this work. He advises the public to boil water first if they must use it. Only 42% of Americans are satisfied with the nation's K-12 education. That's according to a new Gallup poll. It's the lowest in the past two decades and down from 51% in 2021. This is USA Radio News.
19: That's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now.
15: Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FREE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime, right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FREE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code FREE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up.
16: The heat is on for millions of Americans as we head into the long Labor Day weekend.
11: A Labor Day weekend heat wave is expected to bring record-breaking temperatures to a half-dozen western states, affecting more than 50 million residents. And triple-digit heat is in the forecast for the next several days, from Sacramento and Palm Springs to Salt Lake City and Las Vegas. Addressing the heat wave Wednesday, California Governor Gavin Newsom said it's expected to be one of the longest and most intense the state has seen in some time.
12: No one denies heat waves have existed long before climate change, but their duration and their
5: intensity
11: have never been more challenging. For the USA Radio News Gulf Coast Bureau, I'm Tony maruso
16: Initial jobless claims are down. Claims filed in the week ending August 27th fell to 232,000. The previous week saw 237,000 initial claims filed. You're listening to USA Radio News. The U.N. is leveling strong accusations against China. From the USA Radio News' West Coast News Bureau, Lance Pry explains.
13: The United Nations has accused China of serious human rights violations in a long-awaited report into allegations of abuse in the Xinjiang province, home of the Uyghurs. Beijing called the report a farce arranged by Western powers, but U.N. investigators say they found credible evidence of torture and crimes against humanity.
16: White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says President Biden believes mega-Republicans are an extreme threat to democracy, freedom and human rights. California Republican Congressman Kevin McCarthy tells Fox & Friends that the President doesn't understand the soul of the nation.
1: They want a stronger, safer, more prosperous America, and all he does is vilify them to distract from the disasters and no plan he has to save America from where we are today.
16: He claims people just want lower inflation, a say in their kids' education, and lower crime rates. Gatorade is officially joining the energy drink market. The sports drink company announcing its new line of energy drinks called Fast Twitch. Gatorade says the new drink is made to give athletes an extra boost before they work out. The drink will be made available in February, but NFL fans will see their favorite players drinking it on the sidelines this upcoming season. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg.
5: Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family? You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt,
0: 800 943 2153. 800 943 2153. That's 800 943 2153.
18: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy.
19: Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. We still got two more hours to go. Two. I say two. Come on in and get heard wherever you might happen to be listening. We're going to have filmmaker Robert G. Putka coming up on the other side, and then Anthony Session, stand up comedian. He's known as the Mad Bus Driver. I'm a bus driver, and I'm mad. ATN's J.D. Sharp will talk a little MLB with us in about an hour, and then we'll have pure open lines. We'll have open lines at 1040 as well, if you're putting it into your alarm clock on your phone. Feel free to get in that way as well. Uh, Reports today that Brett Favre is facing some tough questions about the roughly $1 million in welfare funds he received from the state of Mississippi in exchange for speeches that he allegedly never made. And uh, Favre's lawyer, Bud Holmes, yeah, go get Bud Holmes, said that um, Brett Favre was not aware that the money he got was supposed to assist poor families when he accepted it, as he put it. And he's not been formally charged, but he's being questioned by the FBI. Favre paid... $1.1 1.1 million dollars in fees for motivational speeches he did not make but they say the state does that he still owes $228,000 and uh, that they're going to take him to court if he does not pay it full it says if he does not pay that within 30 days of our demand the attorney general will be responsible in enforcing the payment of the interest in court very interesting Former Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant is also being investigated for his role in misuse of
12: funds.
3: And that's the news from Mississippi. Remember that, Tina Fey? She'd have some horrible backwoods story, and then she'd go, and that's the news from Mississippi. All 800 1-800-878-PLAY, American Forces Radio Network. Get on and get heard. Troops out there, I'm on your side doing a great job, States. They've come home soon. Keep up the good work. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
0: That's 800-298-9093.
3: All right. Checking me out. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. We're very happy now to be joined by filmmaker Robert G. Putka. And he has a brand new film out today in North America called Mr. Limbo from Terror Films. Highly acclaimed. Robert, welcome to the show. So North American release, did this release in Europe first?
8: uh via film festivals it did uh by the way Mm -hmm. thank you for the welcome rick it's appreciated so welcome to my apartment which is (laughs) where i'm calling you from
3: where's your apartment located i'm in dc right now actually okay georgetown or not a nice neighborhood Uh,
8: well the broader dmv area i'm new to new to the area i'm actually in arlington so nova uh but yeah i I recently moved here from cleveland ohio originally
3: arlington's very nice
8: yeah, hey, I'm punching a little bit above my weight here to be sure. What
3: part of Ohio are you from?
8: Cleveland. Uh unfortunately.
3: You, were you like Shaker Heights or were you down by the burning Cuyahoga?
8: Um, well, neither kind of more more suburban. Uh lived all over, but like the south suburbs. And the thing about Cleveland is you're never really far away from any anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, except Shaker. Shaker is you might as well be in uh, in San Francisco <laughs> if you're going from where I was living in Cleveland. So I, I once just, uh, stayed
3: in Cleveland Heights, which was next to Shaker Heights. Not as nice, but pretty nice. The one thing that always struck me about that part of the country is that no one puts up a backyard fence. It's it's deemed insulting. So the dogs just run through everybody's yard. I guess, huh? Uh,
8: yeah, actually, it's funny. You it must have been there like you know thirty years ago because. It, it, it was actually, the 80s. Cleveland Heights is. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Close enough. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland Heights is actually the nicer suburb right now, and Shaker is in somewhat disrepair, I guess.
3: Wow, did you subscribe to the Plain Dealer?
8: <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. That's. Uh,
3: I'm a little younger By the way, than. I'm going
8: like,
3: to so, ask you zero questions about the movie. The whole interview. Are you ready?
8: I I'm cool. Just talking. I like to talk. <laughs>
3: uh,
8: I mean, this is a, this is sports talk radio. Uh, when I said I'm from Cleveland you probably that probably uh, spurred a bit, you know, at least a at least five different questions. Uh, well, I was
3: gonna ask for, you about the Richland Coliseum or Sam Rattigliano, which way do you want to go?
8: Oh, two oh you're that's you're pre dating me. Uh, okay. I'm thirty two I'm years an old. old man here. So yes the Richmond the Richland, the Richland uh, or sorry, the Richfield Coliseum is I think they tore that down before I was born and uh, Sam Ratigliano, I heard him on sports talk radio in Cleveland uh, and he you know, he was barely coherent. Uh, at that time. So um, I'm not even sure if he's still alive to be honest. All I know is uh from, from the uh the Cleveland forefathers is that he uh was good for the Browns but at the same time led them led them short quite a few times.
3: Well he called for that extra pass. Brian Sype, the cardiac kids, Mike Davis of the Oakland Raiders intercepts. The Red course, 88? That was in uh nineteen <clears throat> Okay. And then you're thinking of the burning Kosar years. I think the the that Denver had the drive and all. That. And then uh, Ernest, the joke was Ernest Biner tried to kill himself, but he fumbled the gun, right?
8: <laughs> no, actually. So I think that the play call it was called Red Right 88. I I think. Um, and then of course the drive is the drive. Uh, and Byner, uh, the, the guy, from what I was told, he cried after that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess there's no crying in in, in baseball, but. There is crying in football. <laughs> All right, we'll go with it. All right,
3: Mr. Limbo, interesting title. What was the title you almost went with, and you decided on that one?
8: <laughs> that was that was the original title from from the get go. Huh? Um, there yeah, there was, I mean there was nothing else nothing else to it. It was pretty intuitive. Uh, just wanted to I guess ev- evoke the idea of <laughs> the afterlife and someone who's in the afterlife. Uh, I don't know, it just made sense. A little quirky. I think uh, it, it, it stokes one's curiosity, I hope. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. Um, if people actually watch the, the movie, uh, I'm going to just attribute that to the title and my, my yeah. genius and my genius in, in choosing <laughs> such.
3: So uh, we're with the very humble Robert G. Putka. Um, when you write it and you direct it, it's your deal, which is liberating. You get your way, but it's also all on you if it's lame. So do you relish that opportunity and responsibility
8: to be lame every day? wake up and I'm just (laughs) like, well, I can't wait to be mediocre and not living up to my potential today. Um, yeah, yeah, humble, humble, humble might be, might be a truthful, uh, adjective for, for me. So, you know, I always try to stay humble. I've been humbled many times making films. I made three features, um, and uh, no longer making films. That was this was my last one. So uh, I think I've I've been humbled right out of the industry or whatever fringes of it I was holding on to. Um, no, but I love making. them. There's nothing like making a film uh, of being on, on location. And I had like the best collaborators in the world. I worked with a lot of people that I considered were more familial than collegial. And um, while that poses its own problems, you know, every day making the film just felt like. You know, hanging out with friends and family. So, um, and because of the level that I did it on, which was relatively small, uh, you're you're afforded that. Um, you know, making a bigger film, I can't imagine that uh, that you are. And I think that's why a lot of people uh, are pretty jaded in the industry. It's because it's not is not fun. Um, but then again, hey, that's just. That's just what I surmise. I, I've, I've never been on a multi-million dollar film, so what do I know?
3: Well, Mr. Limbo, two protagonists, they wake up in the desert, they have no memory of anything, and this kind of is born out of something that happened to you about five or so years ago. You had a massive panic attack. You found yourself in the woods. What the hell happened?
8: Yeah, so uh, I actually was, for the release of my first film uh, called Mad, um, we, were, we were having a special promotional uh, release in, in Los Angeles um, and I was in Las Vegas because I always whenever I go to Los Angeles my instinct is to go to Las Vegas immediately uh, for for manifold reasons um, mm-hmm. so I was in Las Vegas at the Planet of Hollywood and um, there were like a lot of like big names that were coming out to the premiere who had heard about the film and uh, I guess my body just failed me because suddenly you know I'd been working for five years on, on getting this film made and uh, all the stress, the anxiety had built up, and I never had addressed it. So uh, I was there at the Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, ready to go see a, a, one of the Cirque du Soleil shows. Um, and then I just, I just had a, the biggest panic attack of my life. Um, felt bad, had to cancel going to the show. Uh, you know, my my girl, then girlfriend, now fiance, I robbed her of the chance of going to see you know once in a lifetime acrobatics. Um, so I carry that in my back pocket going forward and that's actually, that's why I proposed to her. I felt so bad, um, about depriving her of that. I'm like, you know what? I need to, I need to do something. I need to step up. So, you know, hence now we're, we're getting married. Um, but that experience reprioritized for me a lot of things in in life and, uh, basically, you know, I think it, uh, cemented this idea that, you know, what's fulfilling, what's important in this life is how you treat other people, uh, and essentially, if you're allowed if you allow yourself to forgive others and forgive yourself then that allows you to move on to better things at least i hope so i hope that's been distilled and uh, instilled in the film but uh, that's not for me to decide anymore that's for uh, your audience the world north america well not the world north america so we'll see
3: well it's uh, <clears throat> it's very well said although i will say when you say once in a lifetime opportunity to see acro- acrobatics there's always the 8 p m show too so <laughs> That's you true. Always,
8: uh, hmm. yeah, but every show is unique.
3: That's true. I'm every sure show that- has its own French Canadian twist. It's Robert G. Hootka, The film "Mr. Limbo," being released from Terror Films today. Everybody, check it out. Hey, uh, Robert, good stuff, man. Good interview. Congratulations on the film.
8: Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it.
3: All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We will come on back with comedian Anthony Session. Tell me who's
2: in me.
0: That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
10: Oh, I would love that. And then maybe afterwards we can go field herping. That's when you go out and you look for reptiles.
9: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
3: Now, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us, wherever you're listening, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Hey, 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 what are you doing with your holiday Monday, Labor Day? I say you need to get out to, especially if you're in the Midwest, Helium Comedy Club St. Louis, to see the mad bus driver himself, Anthony Session, 7 o'clock show. Anthony welcome to the show man and I love how comedians come from every walk of life and you drove a bus for some 25 years before you got into it how did it all go down my man you know hey,
20: good morning it's a an pleasure and an honor to be talking to you and all the wonderful folks out there listening um, Oh, man, it was a great run, and I'm so thankful. I, you know, it was humbling, and uh, just to be in a position to be, um, you know, of service to senior citizens, people, persons with disabilities, and, and, and crazy people and all that. It was, I had a great time being a ringmaster. <laughs> it was a crazy circus, <laughs> moving circus.
3: <laughs> well, I know that, you know, kids goof off on the uh, bus. So what what was the most rowdy? I mean, I'm sure you saw fights and all sorts of things. What was the most rowdy situation?
20: Um, well, um, I had some kids that were, uh, you know, running around and, and, and jumping up and down on the bus and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, um, I had a little thing. I had, you know, I had this little short, short, like foot and a half small plunger that had never been used, and every now and then I'd be like, if you don't sit your little butt down, I'm going to break it out on you. You know, <laughs> so
2: um,
20: over the years, they, you know, they got to know me. It's been fun, and let me say that the mad and mad bus driver, isn't it, it, does, it, it doesn't stand for anger or anything. It stands for motivation and determination, so I was afforded the opportunity to be a, a mentor as well. So how did
3: how did you go from behind the big old steering wheel out to stand up in a big club like Helium? How did that all happen?
20: <laughs> well, um um the catalyst for it was uh, my lovely beautiful wife. Uh we just celebrated an anniversary uh yesterday and uh my uh my wonderful wife um suffered a massive stroke about 28 years ago, she's pretty young, 32, and so uh, along with driving the bus, er, I've been her caretaker over the years, and what I would do is I'd come home, and I would tell her about the day's events, and then I would go into character on some of it, and it would just really make her laugh all the time, because laughter's great medicine, and so for about 10 years, she was like, you know, you need to share this stuff, I'm like, nobody's going to listen to this, nobody cares about this, she's like, no, 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 you make me laugh, you're going to make them laugh. And so what I did was I started, I called an extended family member of mine that is one of the greatest of all time that has ever done stand-up and television all this other stuff, and that was the legendary iconoclastic Mr. Dick Gregory, who's also
2: Mm -hmm. from St.
20: Louis, and he gave me some mentorship on it, and I started going to little open mics to develop the timing and the jokes and, and those things. And from there, my first show was in this really run-down place uh, in Seattle. And um, I did the show, and I was surprised. Like 100 bus drivers came out to the show. And so from there, um, it has taken on its own life. And it's been a blessing. It's been a joy.
3: A couple more questions for Anthony Session, the mad bus driver. Check him out here coming up uh, Monday at the Helium St. Louis. So um, you're a St. Louis guy. So you found yourself in the Pacific Northwest. How did that all go down?
20: Uh, Well, I graduated from McKinley High School in St. Louis on the south side over on Russell Street. And a week after uh, graduation, I went into the Army. And so I'm an honorably discharged vet. And I landed in uh, Washington State, uh, Fort Lewis, Washington, Mm-hmm. and so uh having after after, after doing my three year tour, I came back home. My father got ill and I came back home to St. Louis for like eight years and then I decided that the economy was kind of rough. I was having a difficult time you know getting a job when I was in the army. I was uh, a key punch operator uh at that time now they call them computer operators um but we dealt with the punch cards for finance and accounting um but anyway i, I you know i nothing was working for me. And I decided, you know what, why not go back to the Northwest? Cause it had a really smooth groove, you know, it was real mellow for me. And I liked it, you know, the environment, the trees and everything. And so, you know, um, a power greater than me, man said, this is where you should be you young fella. And so I've been here ever since.
3: Very cool. Um, you weren't in the 91st division in the army, were you at Fort Lewis?
20: You know, that was so long ago. I can't even remember what division <laughs> I was in. But I know one thing: I used to tell jokes to keep from getting a court martial, <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> I know Article Fifteen; they get mad at me, and I make them laugh so I like, get out of the office. Come back in here with that crazy stuff.
3: <laughs> so, what's it like to you know, you leave as an eighteen-year-old, now you come back to St. Louis, the the yeah, conquering man. hero, the headliner. <laughs>
20: You know, um it, it's an honor, uh, because, you know, um there's nothing like um doing what you like to do in life. I'm sixty years old, I've just retired from driving a bus for twenty five years and it's just you know, it's just it's just really, you know, really, really, really wonderful and uh Humor is something that brings us all together no matter what ethnic group we come from, what we look like, what language we speak. We all share, you know, cert, you know certain commonalities. We're going to live so many years. We all have the same fears, and we all have the same tears. So I weave these things together, and, um, you, know, and, and it's just a, you know, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's, it's just great
3: yeah and it's an art form too, and that's why you know when you think about people who will go to comedy shows and instead of trying to laugh, they're trying to wait for you to say something wrong, and then that ain't right.
20: <laughs> then they find out we're all we're all suffering from the same isms, I call them isms, you know, mm-hmm. you can't pay the bill isms, somebody making me mad isms, somebody's at the table a uh, family member that we can't really stand, but we got to, like, smile-isms, you know, <laughs>
3: <fizzles>. <laughs> Now, have you taken, uh, even though, as you said, you're retired now, have you taken to the new style of, like, YouTube, TikTok, dropping stuff like that, or are you just mainly stand-up?
20: Uh, no, I, I've got some, I have, a, I have stuff on my uh, uh, the Mad Bus Driver YouTube channel, mm-hmm. you know, um, Instagram, and, you know, I, there are, you know, of several platforms i'm you know, even though you know forty years ago um i was pretty i was really good at what i did i I have to have some help with um you know some of this technology stuff uh, I'm a procrastinator when it comes to certain things, but you know you know I'm out there and uh and uh for your listening audience if you're not feeling well and you need something to laugh about, please go to my website, themadbusdriver.com, and I'm going to say something that's going to make you laugh.
3: (laughs) Let me throw you one last question. I had uh, comedian David James on my show last week. He's from Houston, and I said, what's the best and worst thing about Houston? He said, the worst thing about Houston is the public schools. The best thing is the Latinas. So mm. let, me throw, let me throw this at St. Louis for you. The best and the worst thing about St. Louis is?
20: The best thing about St. Louis is the food. Because in the Northwest, mm-hmm. when my wife is um, a native uh, Washingtonian, they don't, the food is like bland. And so she wasn't hip to certain seasonings, but I got her going now on food. Uh, the worst thing in St. Louis is I think having been away for so long um the humidity the weather when it's hot it just really really sticky and and I haven't been around that in a while but um other than that you know I mean home is home no matter where my career goes and it's really doing exceptionally well that that's my home you know and it will always be my home
3: no doubt yeah you were up there in the rain for decades
20: yeah, and it takes a while, like, it takes us until, like, the latter part sometimes of the middle, I'll say the middle parts of July for things to really start warming up. But, you know, the forestry here, you know, in the northwest here, Oregon, mm-hmm. this is timber country. And so, you know, you have the beautiful, you know, there's a lot of, it's green. It's really green here. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that bothered me when I first got it was, Everybody here moves slow, whereas in St. Louis, you know, let's say you got somebody standing at a, a crosswalk, and the light is green. Okay, everybody gets across. Here, people are drinking their Starbucks. The economy's always been good, and they're taking a damn time. They wait till the... Light is yellow, and then they want to cross. And I got this big old bus, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to win. But, you mm. know, I'm just, if, if that happens. But that, that, that's never happened. That's never happened.
3: All right, there he is, Anthony Session, the mad bus driver. Check him out Monday night, heliumcomedy.com. There yeah. for your tickets. St. Louis, 7 o'clock. Hey, good having you on, Anthony. If you're in San Francisco, come on by the studio, man.
20: Okay, thank you so much. It's been an honor and pleasure, and I really appreciate it.
3: Alright, the feeling is mutual. I'm Rick Tittle. We will come on back with Open Lines.
21: you can't get much for five bucks these days unless you go to wendy's for a five dollar biggie bag get your choice of double stack junior bacon cheeseburger or crispy chicken blt plus four-piece nugs fries and a drink all for just five bucks That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii.
1: Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy.
0: That's 800 788 1495.
9: Let's be real. Mopping is a hassle. You have to fill the bucket, pushing a wet, heavy mop around, then cleaning the mop when you're done so it doesn't grow bacteria. A hassle on top of a hassle. Try Swiffer Wet Jet. With Swiffer Wet Jet, you start with a fresh pad and cleaning solution every time. And when you're done, you just toss the pad. Swiffer WetJet, the faster, easier, cleaner way to clean your floors.
1: I'm just a caveman. Your world frightens
13: and confuses me.
9: <laughs> Rick Tittle wants to hear from you. The phone call is free, y'all. Just dial 1-800-878-PLAY to get yourself on the air right now. Call him up now, lazy ass.
12: 1-800-878-PLAY. I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. While you're there,
18: why don't you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not.
3: All right, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. <clears throat> so the New York Knicks crack me up, uh, and their fans, because they always think they're getting the star player. They just always do. That's what. That's how they roll. Remember, even though they were going to have uh, they were going to get Zion and uh, then uh, even though they had a 14 percent chance they were going to get Zion Williamson then they were going to get Kevin Durant then they were going to get Kyrie Irving it just goes on and on and on you know they were one pick away from drafting Steph Curry which they would have done right well with the rebuild going on in New York, what they were going to do was that they were going to sign RJ Barrett to an extension and they were going to keep, um, and then they were going to get Donovan Mitchell. And, and, uh, also, uh, if you, uh, <laughs> if you think about how much <clears throat> you think about how much The Knicks were sort of counting on that. Now, some people thought that when R.J. Barrett was signed to an extension that that took them out of the sweepstakes of the uh, Donovan Mitchell trade. And seemingly out of the blue yesterday, Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, the Cleveland Cavaliers. What happened there? Uh, The Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, well, think about Utah now with the amount of first-round picks that they have received. You think about Rudy Gobert and all the other trades they have. They now have, for the next six years, 13 first-round picks in the next six years. And they still haven't traded Bogdan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, Malik Beasley, Those are other guys as well. And jazz fans will need to maybe come to the games in a tank because they are going to be redefining the word tank. But even before the offseason began, Mitchell appeared destined to land at MSG. And Julius Randle, the all-star big man, a pair of Knicks executives were apparently annoyed by the fact that game one of Dallas's playoff series against uh, the Mavs, that they were sitting there. And Mitchell's a longtime fan of the, the Mets. He went to a game at City Field. He's from the New York area. But apparently, according to Adrian Rosnarowski, New York declined to include Quentin Grimes in the trade hmm, we'll say, will that age well? I don't know (laughs) if that's going to uh, age well uh, or not, but it's a stunner. And I knew what I was going to get when I looked at uh, Knicks fans yesterday. I was going to be seeing tons and tons of memes of people being shocked. Um, What did Utah get? They got Colin Sexton, Laurie Markinen. They got uh, Oche Agda- Agbaji. That was the guy they just picked at 14 overall. Three unprotected first round picks and the rights to swap two more. So when they said no to Grimes and Emmanuel quickly was proposed as a replacement. <clears throat> Utah said, give us three unprotected first round picks and New York would only do a third first round pick that included a top five protection. So those packages would have included two second rounders, two pick swaps, two expiring contracts from a third team. New York would have moved out Evan Fournier in a first round pick to a third team to spare Utah taking on Fournier's $37 million deal. So Danny Ainge is a certified, certified thief in these negotiations. But New York was, to me, maybe smart not to give in. I don't know. Mitchell is good. He's really good. But the price would have emptied New York's basket for years. Now, they do have eight trade-eligible future picks. But they would have been only left with three in the next decade. And... If you think about when you enter future trade talks in Oklahoma City and Houston are likely a few years away from being able to <clears throat> destroy offers from any other team. Now, to be fair, the Knicks would have been exciting to have them, but maybe it just wouldn't have been the right deal. Because Barrett can develop into an all-star and there's your big three if Randall and then Brunson turns out to be an all-star. I don't know if you can call him big three, but three good players. And if he doesn't, you can package him with leftover picks for a high level replacement, or you can trade Barrett. But giving up Barrett and a bunch of unprotected picks was a bridge too far because And and, and I don't blame the Knicks for holding on to Barrett. Mitchell isn't that great. All those picks on R.J. and R.J. Barrett. And whiffing on another star, like I said, Knicks fans will be, and you can watch Stephen A. Smith cry in his car, what else he's going to do. Brunson is potentially an overpay. We'll see. He's a good player. And that means that, you know, Randall doesn't have to monopolize the possessions and the paint, but, Barrett has time to continue developing, and most importantly, those eight draft picks are still there. There's a potential massive spike in 2025 when the new TV deal is set to kick in, and New York could also be a few years away from having something close to max space. But at that point, Brunson will have a player option. If he's worth it, you extend him. If not, he becomes a trade piece. That's called flexibility. Which to me, maybe, is better than depleting your asset pool and overextending yourself on Mitchell just to be a six, seven, eighth seed. <clears throat> so, look, at some point, the Knicks have to get a star. And Donovan Mitchell is a star. He is. He's just not a superstar. And it just depends on your semantics and how you define it, one way or another, right? I'll put it to you like this: Clay Thompson is a star. Steph Curry is a superstar. Do you agree with me? Maybe you don't. Maybe you think Steph, uh, Clay Thompson, is also a superstar. But that's how I would do it: Clay Thompson, star. Steph Curry, superstar. And <clears throat> like, if you think the Knicks should have given up everything, if they should have given up Barrett, um, I don't know. Especially as I said, Houston and OKC lurking now. Utah is going to be lurking. Because they can just blow anybody out of the water now. Blow anybody out of the water with this. So the thing about Mitchell is he's going to turn 26 next week. And he joins a Cavs Corps that is very young and pretty damn good. Darius Garland is only 22. Jarrett Allen's 24. And then probably the best guy... You know, one of the best rookies in the entire league last year, Evan Mobley, <clears throat> 21 years old. But Garland and Allen were all stars last year. So, the jazz, as soon as they traded Gobert, we knew that the, the Jazz were out. But the Cavs are going in, they're going all in. They didn't have to do anything this summer because even with all those injuries they had, they still won 44 games, which was enough for the play in tourney. Mobley, second and rookie of the year voting, all-defense candidate, franchise player maybe. Garland, very dangerous with or without the ball, good defender. Allen is a perimeter rim protector developing on offense. Had they simply added Akbaji, their pick, to the mix, reunite him with a healthy Ricky Rubio, they could have called it an offseason, and they would have been on an upward trajectory, and they would have been exciting. And Agbaji is a 3-and-D wing, what kind of guy they didn't have. That's why they drafted him. <clears throat> but instead, with that elite playmaker now in Mitchell, Cleveland just decided to go for it. And the rationale here is very simple. For all the good vibes surrounding the Cavs last year, they still had the 20th best offense in the NBA. And when Garland was off the court, they were horrendous. So Garland's ability to shoot and move around makes him a really clean fit with Mitchell on offense. Because now they have their own little Splash Brothers duo. Maybe this means Karis LeVert, who came in mid-season from the Pacers, will be the long-term six-man. Maybe he'll get moved as well. But Mobley and Allen, and starting you know the six-foot-eleven mark in and next to them wasn't was an interesting experiment, but uh, that's over now. And here's the thing, Garland and Mitchell are both six foot one. <clears throat> and this is the team that's gonna need a lot of defense behind those guys. So it's reasonable to be skeptical about that. You know, the NBA is trying to get as many big, strong, switchable wings as as they can right now. But what's next for Utah? Utah felt like they hit their ceiling with Gobert and Gobert and Mitchell. So Danny Ainge charted a new course. Four first round picks for Gobert. Only one of them lightly protected. Three more unprotected first, two swaps. Between Agbaje and big man Walker Kessler, who was picked 24 by Minnesota and then thrown into the Gobert trade. That's essentially two more first-round picks. They got another first-round pick in the Royce O'Neal deal to the Brooklyn Nets. And then the Lakers, when they had Patrick Beverly for five minutes, that turned into 21-year-old Taylon Horton Tucker. So, and Ainge isn't done. As I mentioned before, Mike Conley, 35 years old, he's going to go. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 34, he's got to go. Jordan Clarkson is 30. Do you get rid of him? Malik Beasley is still relatively young. But Sexton, Markkanen, those guys are keepers. And now they have a big basket of first-round picks. So it was a shocker, and Knicks fans, you can't tell them right now they made the right decision <laughs> because they're too P.O.ed. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come on back. Sports Biolet.
5: Are you 60 plus and love to travel? Introducing the Senior Travel Discount. Network brought to you by Low Cost Airlines. Call us anytime, day or night, and save up to 75% on your airline and hotel reservations. We can help you save a ton of money to fly almost anywhere. We have inside discounts on over 500 airlines and 500,000 hotels worldwide. And when you call and mention the discount code 60 plus, we'll give you an extra free night with your qualified air and hotel reservation. Now you can get the best prices on air and hotel reservations with your phone. We make it easy and Fast for you to save money and book a trip. Remember, call the Senior Travel Discount Network. Mention the discount code 60PLUS for your free hotel night with your qualified reservation.
0: Call now. 800-493-6118. 800-493-6118. 800-493-6118. That's
12: 800-493-6118. I don't even recognize myself anymore.
7: Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? We can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents or having to waste time showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your house to foreclosure. If you have equity in your home, We'll buy your home and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call now before your situation gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just need anymore and get the cash you need today. Call this number now.
0: 800-950-8218 800-950-8218 800-950-8218 that's 800 950 8218. Paid for by Want to Sell.
20: You spent over a decade in
21: the Middle East, and I just wanted to say that I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you I, very uh, much. For don't that. interrupt me, please. Thank you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what did I just say? Do you
9: You must be crazy. Use a DOG. and if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: All right, thank you for that. Uh, a couple of minutes left in hour number two of three, and uh, we'll have uh, J.D. Sharp coming in at around 11.12. Also, uh, Brian Murphy, that's right, from Murphy and Mac and KMBR. He'll join us at 11.40. He's got a new book called Twenty Eight. <clears throat> It's about the day I was born. No, it's about uh, Buster Posey. Speaking of the uh, gyros, Major League Baseball announced today there will be a series in Mexico City for the first time in the regular season next year. And uh, not surprising, two teams from uh, California, the team closest to Mexico, San Diego. uh, So St. James and St. Francis will go out at the Giants and the Pods. That'll be at the Alfredo Harpelu Stadium. That is uh, in uh, Mexico City, La Ciudad de Me. That'll be April 29th and 30th, 2023. Now, things to remember, Mexico City is at 7,200 feet above sea level, uh, which is about 2,000 feet higher than our highest uh, field in America. That's Coors Field in Denver. But uh, you think about 325 to the foul poles, 400 dead center. And in that era, any pop fly, that has a chance. That is a relatively new ballpark. It opened in 2019. Um, and uh, I remember the uh, Diablos and San Diego went down there to sort of uh, open it. But uh, there was going to be a series between Arizona and the Padres, but uh, COVID-19 ruined that. So if you think about games that have been played in Mexico, there have had been some in Monterey at the Estadio de Bisbol, But this will be the first time regular season in Mexico City. Once again, preaching to the choir, though. I think the Mexicans like the baseball already. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick news break. Come on back for hour three right here on Sports Biolett.
16: Say Radio News with Tim Berg. Almost 170,000 residents of Jackson, Mississippi are without clean water for drinking, bathing and cooking. Mississippi Republican Governor Tate Reeves explains the biggest priority is getting running water even if they have to sacrifice quality standards. We've installed a new rental pump, contracted with outside operators to do critical maintenance and started other emergency repairs. We're going to need electricians and mechanics and divers and other skilled operators to complete all of this work. He advises the public to boil water first if they must use it. Only 42% of Americans are satisfied with the nation's K-12 education. That's according to a new Gallup poll. It's the lowest in the past two decades and down from 51% in 2021. This is USA Radio News.
19: That's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now.
15: Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FREE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out any right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FREE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code FREE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up.
16: The heat is on for millions of Americans as we head into the long Labor Day weekend.
11: A Labor Day weekend heat wave is expected to bring record-breaking temperatures to a half-dozen western states, affecting more than 50 million residents. And triple-digit heat is in the forecast for the next several days, from Sacramento and Palm Springs to Salt Lake City and Las Vegas. Addressing the heat wave Wednesday, California Governor Gavin Newsom said it's expected to be one of the longest and most intense the state has seen in some time.
12: No one denies heat waves have existed long before climate change, but their duration and their
5: intensity
11: have never been more challenging. For the USA Radio News Gulf Coast Bureau, I'm Tony maruso
16: Initial jobless claims are down. Claims filed in the week ending August 27th fell to 232,000. The previous week saw 237,000 initial claims filed. You're listening to USA Radio News. The U.N. is leveling strong accusations against China. From the USA Radio News' West Coast News Bureau, Lance Pry explains.
13: The United Nations has accused China of serious human rights violations in a long-awaited report into allegations of abuse in the Xinjiang province, home of the Uyghurs. Beijing called the report a farce arranged by Western powers, but U.N. investigators say they found credible evidence of torture and crimes against humanity.
16: White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says President Biden believes mega-Republicans are an extreme threat to democracy, freedom and human rights. California Republican Congressman Kevin McCarthy tells Fox & Friends that the President doesn't understand the soul of the nation.
1: They want a stronger, safer, more prosperous America, and all he does is vilify them to distract from the disasters and no plan he has to save America from where we are today.
16: He claims people just want lower inflation, a say in their kids' education, and lower crime rates. Gatorade is officially joining the energy drink market. The sports drink company announcing its new line of energy drinks called Fast Twitch. Gatorade says the new drink is made to give athletes an extra boost before they work out. The drink will be made available in February, but NFL fans will see their favorite players drinking it on the sidelines this upcoming season.
18: Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer.
0: 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. That's 800-761-9334.
7: Rick
16: Tittle knows
18: his sports.
16: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my
19: gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: All right, thank you for that, and welcome back. Hour number three underway, and um, we have no show on Monday. Well, we do have a show on Monday. It's Best of Tittle. I picked it out myself. I don't know. It's probably going to be this show again. If you're listening on Labor Day, uh, this is a rerun. <laughs> so my point is, you, if you'd like to be heard, you want to chime in here uh right around 11 uh, 25 i'll have an open segment then at 1-800-878 play don't write it down dial it up we'll pay for the call you'll pay for my cell phone plan no we'll pay for the call 1-800-878-7529 jd sharp on the other side talking mlb brian murphy with his posy book that'll be at 11 uh, 40 a.m Major League Baseball also announced last night that free agent pitcher Carlos Martinez has accepted his 85-game unpaid suspension for violating the league's joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. Retroactive to June 19th. The exact nature of the violation is not disclosed, but... I mean, if you think about the guys, since this was instituted seven years ago, only Trevor Bauer, Sam Dyson, and Jose Torres have been um, suspended long. Of course, Bauer, 324 games. Martinez has not pitched in the bigs this year. Two appearances for, uh, I want to say Potucket. Where is the Triple uh, A for uh, Red Sox now? But anyway, he was uh, briefly a member of the uh, Giants as well. But uh, this was guy was a two-time All-Star. He was an ace of the Cardinals as well. But you think about the, the policy, all those things put together, domestic violence, sexual assault, child abuse. You don't want your name associated with any of those things whatsoever. But what this means is that Carlos Martínez's Major League Baseball career is virtually over. We'll see if an indie ball club picks him up. I would probably think not one 800 play as I mentioned, proud and privileged to be on the American Forces Radio Network, 500 outlets, 177 countries, Army, Navy, Air Force, North Coast Guard, National Guard, Space built Of course, you're doing a great job. We will take a quick break. Come on back.
0: How would you like to publish and sell your own audiobook? Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. That's 800-817-2968.
13: Come on, you watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you.
2: with rick tittle rick tittle is a genius the best show ever he's so wonderful genius the best show ever he's so wonderful titillating sports with rick tittle rick tittle is a he's so handsome he's a genius
3: welcome back to the show rick tittle with you coast to coast around the world On the American Forces Radio Network. It is 11 12 out here in California. That means we check in with one of our friends at AgainstTheNumber.com, which is a highly skilled team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only beating the sports books at their own game. They cover every sport worldwide, from the NFL to college basketball to soccer to cricket to tennis to European hockey, and all of them are proven winners. Now for full season, end of current season, one month, one week, one day, and one year, specialist-specific packages. Their prices are reasonable, their tracking and distribution process is simple, and their results are real. J.D. Sharp joins us once again talk a little uh, MLB. And uh, J.D., we're getting our look at two of the best in the senior circuit with the Mets and the Dodgers. Interesting that Mookie Betts said Jacob deGrom is maybe the best pitcher in Major League Baseball history your thoughts about these two big boys going at it
22: yeah i mean i jacob Degrom has some of the most overpowering stuff in major league baseball history i don't i don't know if he's the, the best ever uh mm-hmm. some of like, like for example nolan ryan also had overpowering stuff so did randy johnson so did bob feller there, there's a number that had overpowering stuff mm-hmm. that were actually less injury prone than jacob Degrom. now maybe at his very, very best, he has been the best ever, but looking at his injuries and how, how short his career has been comparatively, obviously he's not the, the best pitcher ever, but he may have he may be the most talented pitcher ever, just you know being able to throw 102 to 103 50 to 60 times a game or really maybe maybe not even being able to, but just uh, actually letting himself do that, fully knowing that he's probably going to get hurt. To doing that too much like he did last year but yeah obviously Degrom's a, a great pitcher he's, he's at worst a, a top five pitcher right now in major league baseball as far as a starting pitcher and uh, i i look at this matchup mets and dodgers uh the dodgers are going to prevail that they just have too much offensively c- compared to the mets but you, know, you look at the year that edwin diaz is having uh, scherzer has been pitching very well and obviously he sees max scherzer even uh, chris bassett has had a pretty good year as well so I think the Dodgers will end up prevailing. I think they're, they're going to win the NL, although it's really interesting to look at the Braves because they've got a ton of offensive talent. You look at the year that Michael Harris is having, the rookie, they just signed him to like a $90 million deal. By the way, Julio Rodriguez just signed a what's it, $470 million deal. Remember I talked about him being mm-hmm. the next face of Major League Baseball. I think with a deal like that, uh, the endorsement deals, are only gonna, they're, they're going to come around the corner. He, he could have a, a Griffey-like impact on the league, I think. Um, but, yeah, the, the Braves have a ton of young talent with, with Michael Harris and Acuna when he's healthy, who is, by the way, stealing a ton of bases this year. And then Austin Riley is having uh, not an MVP caliber year, but a very, very good year, especially with him only being 25 years old. So I think the Dodgers are prevailing out of the NL long term, but there is a lot of talent in this league. And then I like seeing players like a Corbin Carroll coming up from the, from the D-backs. Who's, uh, he, just joined, he joined the D-backs three days ago, and he's had a pretty – Big impact already in his first two games. He had I think three RBIs, went like four for eight. He's he's a speed demon. He's a five tool player. Um, actually, I actually I like the Diamondbacks today against the Brewers at home. I think I think they they went first five in full game on that. But yeah, there's a lot of young talent in baseball. But the, the Dodgers, in my opinion, have uh, are, are going to take the NL and will end up in the World Series, Rick.
3: I remember about a month ago we were talking about Gunnar Henderson. His second a b he goes yard, you know big kid, just twenty one years old, and then who greets him at home play, but Adley Rushman, if you're an Orioles fan, yeah. you've got some bright light at the end of this tunnel right now,
22: yeah, you do, and you've got Grayson Rodriguez, and you've got jackson holiday uh they they've got they've got, a, they've got a plenty of talent on that team, and if they can just if some of that pitching can mature that team has a really, really high ceiling. And Even Cedric Mullins is number one, what's like 28? 20, I think he's 26, 27, or 28. He's a young player that's got, potential to have a, a Mookie Bet style MVP type of season or career at uh, over the course of his, but probably not as good as Mookie, but he's, he's a very similar player to Mookie. Now, Santander's had a pretty good year. Obviously, they traded Mancini, which was probably an intelligent decision because they had probably three players that were just kind of like him. Austin Hayes has had 50-55 RBIs. Yeah, the the, the Orioles definitely have some young talent, and I, I really want to see how Grayson Rodriguez, who I believe is the third-best prospect in baseball right now. He's not even pitching. He's been hurt. But I want to see how, how he develops at the next level. If he ends up being a, an ace then, and, and, and holiday who hits 670 his senior year of high school, which is just absurd. I don't care how bad your competition is. That's just crazy. But if those, if those guys can really develop – I think the Orioles have have a chance to do some big things, and also the Diamondbacks. I love Drew Jones as a prospect. Um, I, I, he's got a great swing. He's he's a much better athlete, and I'm pro, I, I think a much better player than, than his dad, Andrew Jones. Or will end up. I think he has a higher ceiling than his dad, uh, Andrew Jones, who's a Hall of Famer, by the way, um, had. But yeah, I, I really like Corbin Carroll. I, I, I like that their young pitching as well. Zach Gallon has a has a very bright future. So um, it, it's it's cool to see these young. Th- these teams that have just gotten destroyed for the last five to ten years draft well and put together players that give them a chance to compete against the big boys. Maybe not this year, but in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty
3: four. Let's talk about a big series down in uh, SoCal in the NL West. We're talking about those Dodgers, and you think about Gonsolin going out, Walker Buehler out. They get Kershaw back. Dustin May is back in two starts with a one six four. Padres at Chavez Ravine, you, Darvish, on the bump with a 3-4-1, having a good year, double-digit wins. And we know that the Tatis thing really hit Bob Melvin hard, but the Padres still hanging in there. And this is a team that needs every victory in this wild-card race. The Dodgers not so much already at 90. But how do you see this weekend going in L.A.?
22: Yeah, the the, the matchup tonight is Darvish-May. The 8 is kind of interesting, I think, considering how low both their ERAs are. Tomorrow you've got Mane against Urias. Uh, Mane just hasn't had a good year. Urias has been great. He's actually had a, rubbery, quietly, a really, really good career. Um, but, yeah, you want to talk about a guy who's got overpowering stuff. That's Dustin May. Dustin May has a 99-mile-an-hour sinker that he throws on a consistent basis. He's got four pitches. He's like six foot seven, probably maybe 190, 195 pounds. He's kind of a bit like Chris Sale. So he's not one of those guys in that Jacob DeGrom build. And the Dodgers just have tons of very, very talented pitchers you're right, whether it's Kershaw or Bueller or May or Gonsolin or Urias. And I mean, they they just, they have, they have so much talent at pitch, which is one of the reasons why I think combined with their just ridiculous offensive talent as well that they're going to end up in in the world series. But this particular matchup today, I would look at the over first five and over full game. I think there's some runs scored in this game. I think may might get dinged up a little bit. And then I, I'm fairly certain Darvish gets dinged up a little bit as well. But, uh, I would say probably, they're. Di- I think the Dodgers win tomorrow for sure. And I'll take a look at this Sunday matchup. Haney, yeah, Haney's had a really, really strong year as well. Did not do well for the Angels, but he's been great. I can see, I think the Dodgers probably win at least two of these games this weekend.
3: One more question for you. You know, speaking of Camden Yards today, Oakland comes in limping out of the toilet bowl with, uh, you know, two worst teams <laughs> playing the Nats. They dropped two. Of three, but we saw the major league debut of Ken Waldechuk. Speaking of St. Mary's College, we're just throwing pitches. Yeah, yeah. The, the big leagues right now. Look, gotten some jams, looked pretty good. It's nice when you can blast 98 past somebody to get out yeah, of a jam. Yeah,
8: good.
3: Yeah, and today you uh, got J.P. Sears, who's looked really good so far. So the A's had a fire sale, there's no doubt. And I'd rather have Matt Olson than Shane Langoliers, obviously. But, Waldachuk and Sears, two guys they can build their rotation around. You think?
22: Yeah, potentially. I mean, Waldachuk was was a very good prospect in that deal, and as of right now, Montes has not been good for the Yankees, and and Sears has been been good, and waldachuk has been good for the A's as well. And obviously, he's only had one plate or one one appearance, but. Yeah, I think that these are two guys that the A's can, can potentially build around. The Las Vegas A's can, can potentially uh. build around. But today, I, I think I, I would take a look at, at A's run, run line tonight. I think they've got a chance. They've got a chance to win this game, but I feel pretty comfortable taking them well, minus 130, minus 135 to just not lose by more than one or to, or to potentially win the game. But it is nice to see uh, a talented pitcher like a Waldochuk do what he's capable of doing.
3: That of course is our buddy J.D. Sharp. Check him out and all his friends and all the sports at againstthenumber.com. J.D., thanks yeah. for your time, yeah. man. Have a good weekend.
22: Thanks a lot, Rick. You too.
3: All right, we got open lines on the other side. Don't be shy. One 878 play. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Tittleating Sports.
0: 800-298-9093 that's 800-298-9093 Wait.
5: she must have meant 10 o'clock at night
12: do you think why
2: would she have you meet her in a bar at 10 in the morning I just figured she was a raging alcoholic <laughs>
9: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittles mama's face he would clown you.
3: <laughs> All right, thank you for that. You know, college football is going to get underway in earnest here tomorrow. We've already had some games. And that's the thing, they got they snuck up on us. Pitt survived the Mountaineers 38 to 31, uh, the pokes all over Central Michigan offensively, but still giving up a lot of points. That, of course, out of the MAC, 58-44, Vols over Ball State. David Letterman, 59-10, Wake, who's ranked 22nd, uh, 44-10 over VMI. That's the Virginia Military Institute. UAB over Alabama A&M. That's right. Two teams in Alabama, not named Alabama or Auburn. <clears throat> 59 to nothing. Mizzou over LA tech. That's the Tigers. 52, 24 Penn state. Wow. Clifford really had to rally the Nittany lions. Purdue had that game and Penn state prevailed. 35, 31, uh, the golden Gophers over New Mexico state, 38, nothing. And, uh, out here, Fresno state 35 to seven over, uh, Cal Poly, <clears throat> Cal Poly's, Most famous football grad. You can go with Norm Van Brocklin or you can go with John Madden there. Uh, I'll take that. But as I said, you look for some real good games. A a lot of these games to begin with, as I said, you know, Utah State is going to Tuscaloosa. This is one of those times when you come home if you're Utah State from Tuscaloosa. San Jose State did this a couple years ago. They went to Alabama. Alabama. You come home with two things. You come home with cleat marks in your chest and a big fat check for your athletic department. So they just saved the diving team, the lacrosse team, and the women's gymnastics team literally with that big fat check from Alabama. And you're basically getting paid to lose. I know that sounds a little bit trite, but it is honestly what it is. You come here. Let us stomp all over you. Let's impress the Kali Matrix computer. Let's impress – do they still use that? Let's impress Condoleezza Rice and everybody else who has a vote when it comes to the CFP. And then we'll win 59-3, to and here's a check for a million dollars. What would that million dollars do? I mean that's basically what – Nick Saban gets per game it's close but for a team like Utah State when they go back to Provo what is that million dollars going to do for all the other athletic programs so I try to look around for games that actually might be competitive and look no further than Oregon at Georgia now Georgia we know they won the, the whole thing first time since the 80s and Oregon is trying to hold on to their Pac-10 mantle as the best in the conference, although probably the Utes this year. I know the Huskies think they have something to say there. And don't forget USC. They haven't gone to the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big 12 yet. Is it the ACC? They're on their way out. <clears throat> but Georgia lost five defenders in the first round of the NFL draft. Whew. And their defensive coordinator went to, wait for it, Eugene. That's right. Dan Lanning has taken over that program there. And it's led by Bo (laughs) Nix. Do you remember Bo Nix? He played three games for Auburn against Georgia. He lost all three of them. He's going to get his fourth shot. But uh, this would be a huge statement for the Pac-12 if they could get it done. And I don't think they will. A couple more top 25 teams, Cincinnati's at Arkansas. That's 23 at 19. And, yes, Suey Pig, the backs against the Bearcats. And, of course, the Bearcats became the first group of five team to make it into the playoffs last year, but they lost Desmond Litter to the draft. But Luke Fickle still has CFP hopes and uh, a tough Razorback team. Let's go to the phone lines, though. We have at 1-800-878-PLAY, Chris in Oakland. Go ahead, Chris.
21: For uh, taking my call, great uh, college football talk. I, I gotta know, man, uh, is, is Cal gonna cover the spread tomorrow against UC Davis? What do
23: you
3: think? I would think so. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it, it, even though Cal does that, they've had three different guys play quarterback in the spring, and uh, it's it's maybe their most unimpressive off season ever. When you think about hype and the conference is down as a whole with the two LA schemes, uh, two LA teams on their way out. But, uh, yeah, against the Ags, I would say so, but not in the Jim Soaker days. When I was in college, when UC Davis was a double-A program, and they had guys yeah. like uh, um, uh, Ken O'Brien. Right, Ken O'Brien. Yeah, he went Davis, yeah. Yeah, Mike Morosky. These guys were all NFL quarterbacks. And there was another guy, J.T. O'Sullivan. He was another one that played for the Niners. Those are three Davis quarterbacks right there that played in the NFL. Wow, that's good, but, but right. the, that's good Yeah, but the Davis program now, not so much.
21: Right, no, my wife went to Davis and she never went to a Davis you know, she did went to a football game and frankly until I took her to Raider games for all these years, she never really went never never cares. I just you know, I gotta stick it to her tomorrow. Um okay, so that's yeah, that's good. I mean it, it was good uh Well last night, um you know, had that, that uh Penn State game was amazing. I mean they they just mm-hmm. wow, just <laughs> should lost it but they, they held on. Um and then I guess Notre Dame is favor or no Notre Dame is down by seventeen. Or, uh, uh, against um, Ohio State. Do you think Notre Dame could cover that? Not that I'm going to book or anything. I'm just I'm asking you for your game. Yeah, like, no, 30, I was 000. getting
3: to that. That's going to be on ABC. Um, that's going to be a, a night game. That's five at two. That's Notre Dame uh, in Columbus, and the horseshoe will be rocking Saturday night. And you think about Stroud, and the stud wide receiver, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, what he did last year in the Rose Bowl, what do you have, like 500 yards
2: yeah, receiving?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, I like uh, Ohio State's chances in this. I think 17 is a bit much. I'd probably take the under, but um, that's just me.
21: Right, no, and it's you know again for you know thirty percent of Americans can claim some kind of Irish heritage, and you know my dad was Irish, so uh, you know that's my second favorite team uh, next to Cal. Um, did, did Chase Garbers did he latch on with the Raiders? I didn't. I never. He is know, their third string the
3: quarterback, but... which means he'll so, be inactive. He'll wear sweats, but he's on the team. He has the best job in America.
21: That is the great. Well, you you have the best job in America, but he's maybe his second best job. That's oh, no, fantastic. Okay, so the A's, uh, you know, dropped a tough one last night. We don't have fifty wins yet. <laughs> I just hope we don't lose 100 games. That's that's my whole take on that. I mean, we what 83, 49, 83. I guess we've got you know 30 games to go or something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I believe we only lost. the have only lost 100 games once since they've been in Oakland, and that was in '79. They lost 108 games. We're not losing that many, but. um... You know the the picture, the picture we got yesterday was pretty good. Uh, four and a third innings, only gave one run, and uh, you know, you know, obviously lost season before the season even started. But um, you know, we're still we're still fighting.
3: Uh, Ken Waldachuk, by the way, was a walk on at St. Mary's. I mean, just think so, about no, where he's come from.
21: Right. No, I I, I didn't know he was. I didn't know he was, I didn't know he went what St. Mary's I was going to mention that. Um yeah. Obviously, you know, your great uh, alma mater, my dad as well. Um, yeah. And my grandfather actually too. But anyway, hmm. but yeah, that's great that he was a. Uh, a walk, but is, is the baseball program at um, St. Mary's, is that
3: a 1AA? No, 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 it's D1. Everything at, at St. Mary's is D1 now. It's just the football team that I played on was D2. Oh, uh, okay, and they're no
21: longer. Yeah. That. No, that um, was the thing
3: that, that uh, you know, the, the bad part of Title Nine and all that was you had to have, for equality, you had to have the exact same number of athletes. Well, you have over right. 100 players on the football team. Right, and the, so the,
21: the women's badminton team or the tennis team or the bowling team is not you know, well. Just like ha,
3: what what women's sport has over a hundred players on their team, exactly. and so it's yeah, like I mean, no, you have to be equal, and it's like you have to be equal when I think it comes to facilities and pay and training and 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 you know all the accoutrement and the things that go with your scholarship. But just saying you have to have the exact same amount of players to me didn't make any sense.
21: Yeah, separate but equal was not a uh, <laughs> Not a uh, Supreme Court decision that that held held true. No, I agree with you. I mean, it, you know, at it, it, you know, I mean, if there was a women's sport that had a number of players that, that you know, we'd all obviously support that. And it's mm-hmm. you know, you look at what a lot of our women athletes do for the Olympics. It's great, but you know, there aren't you know, obviously the professional league. I mean, the WNBA team, uh, WNBA, obviously is one for women athletics, but there aren't you know, and obviously women's tennis and. Women's golf, but I mean, are there there any great women's sports that are generating a lot of uh, money? Well, there are only two
3: sports that create revenue: men's football, men's basketball. Men's baseball doesn't bring in a dime, and so yeah, it's those two programs that keep these uh, these schools afloat.
21: Right, and and, as as you as you said, you know that you know San you know uh, was it San Jose State's going to play Auburn next week, but. They'll bring them a nice check and they'll fund the women's diving team and you know the men's fencing team for frankly for everything else I mean a lot of men's right. sports don't bring in money like like you said uh, the right. football and basketball. anyway,
3: I got thirty seconds anything else Sounds on your mind good. buddy
21: no no, just you know it's good to see uh you know still find a good fight i mean it's uh you know the college football's getting started, and uh you know i'm just i'm still not giving up hope that the uh the a's are leaving, so we'll keep fighting
3: yeah did you see that thing that they One of the lawsuits was thrown out, and there's still two more to go. It's going to take 15 more years. (laughs) (laughs)
21: I'm not going
23: to be around in 15
21: years, Rick. Yeah, but thanks, Rick. Have a great weekend, everybody, and uh, thanks for taking my call, brother. Have a good
3: one. All right, thank you very much. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back. Brian Murphy on the other side, new Buster Posey book. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Violent.
5: who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future.
9: Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now.
5: So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary.
15: Now there are even more reasons to switch to Verizon, the network America relies on. For real? Yep, for real. Turn in your old phone and get the new Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 4 free with select 5G Unlimited plans. Definitely switching. Totally. Everybody's switching to the network America relies on. Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available in select areas. $999.99 device payment purchase with new smartphone line on select 5G Unlimited plans required. $200 Verizon eGift card with cordon. Less $800 trade in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. 0% APR. Trading conditions apply.
9: cares about anything else when you've got Rick Tittle on the radio?
3: Bless your heart. Welcome to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show longtime San Francisco radio host and author as well, Brian Murphy. He has a new book called 28, a photographic tribute to Buster Posey, which is uh, brand new. Murph, welcome to the show, man. Um, How many books is this for you now?
23: <laughs> What's up, Rick? How you doing, man? um Gosh, you got to start counting. uh it Goes all the way back to the early '00s. We actually did one on Tiger. Ready for this? Ready? How's college golf sound to you as a uh as a bestseller? Because it because <laughs> it didn't sell great, but we did a book. Neil Hayes and I did a book on Neil Hayes, uh, Tiger Woods' freshman year at Stanford, called "The Last Putt." So that was '05, and then Brad Manson and I did three. World Series books in 2010, 2012, and 2014. And then I helped out on the Letters to 87 book for Dwight Clark. This one's a little different. I'm kind of them to put my name on the cover, but I did less writing and more interviewing and transcribing uh, around Brad Manchin's epic photos. But I don't know. What's that number I just gave you there? Like five, something like that? So we'll, five, we'll go six,
3: that. seven, somewhere there. Was
23: there was a 50-year Giants book, too, back in 07. I don't know. Let's just uh, let's just say we're 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 blessed for all of them, Rick. That's all. How's that?
3: Well, we'll say if if you don't know, then it's a lot. We'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do my
23: prep. My bad. You caught me.
3: No, no, no. Um, well, th- for people who don't know, when you got your start as a as a golf writer, I mean, you were the golf guy for many years. Here is that still near and, and dear to your heart?
23: Oh, definitely. I still write for Northern California Golf Magazine. It's a uh, very light, just a quarterly essay in fact thanks for reminding me i have one that was due last week i should probably get going on but um yeah I, well i actually rick it all started i i started as a 49ers beat writer. that was my first i mean i did the old school way which they kids can't do today but came up covering high school sports in old school mm-hmm. kids thing old school things called newspapers and uh and then finally got my first pro beat in 94 and did the niners for seven years, and then made the big jump to the San Francisco Examiner uh, to do the Oakland A's for two years, 99-2000. Then I did the Tiger Woods, basically, for lack of a better word, from 00 to 04, and then made the jump to radio in 04. But Rick, I kept writing golf, man. I did Yahoo Golf Column for several years after that. And so it is something that is uh, always, always close to, close to my heart, yeah.
3: I remember when I was in was 1990, I was working at Sports Channel. We had that Hooked on Golf TV show. Oh,
12: yeah. Oh yeah, with
3: those with the two guys whose names. Mitch and same, John. You know? Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> I remember they would bring in this guy who was like 80, and because as you know, golf is the only sport where you can be sitting at home and you can call in and say there's a violation. And mm-hmm. I learned more from that old guy. He's like, you can't move oh. this leaf unless it's winter rules. Or I'm like, you are wow. talking
23: about one of the great icons in in. United States golf and Bay Area golf history and the late, great Grant Space, man. Pour one out for Grant. One of the biggie, they called him, national champ at Stanford in 1953, and then the decorated and, uh, and and um, what am I trying to say, the decorated and honorable voice of golf all the way until his last day on earth. So shout him out, Grant Space hooked on golf. He just gave me the warm fuzzies.
3: Good stuff. All right, so this book uh, to uh, Buster, a i remember when the the giants drafted him people said this is the best hitter in the draft and yet still guys like you know uh eric Hosmer, a couple others went before him and i think he was sixth overall to the giants and a shortstop's last catcher out of florida state and from day one he i remember talking with john baker i was doing shows with him he goes this guy might be the best catcher in baseball and they said well at some point he'll play first base and no, he, he played a little bit, but he basically was a catcher all the way through. Uh, took, of course, the COVID season off, came back. They, they won over 100 games, and then he, he called it quits. And, of course, they have some new twins they adopted, he and his, his wife. But for you, as a lifelong Giants guy who lived and died and, and mostly died until really, you know, 2010 with this team, what, what did Buster mean to you personally? Well,
23: it's—I mean—you just said it. Mostly died, and uh, in, in for all of us, for anybody. I mean, I was born in 1967, so I didn't die with the Mays, McCovey, Cepeda teams. But shout out the older generation that did. I mean, those were some of the best teams in in recent nation, I mean, the last 70 years of National League history—and they, you know, they only went to one World Series. Because you think about it, Rick. Think about it now. Think about—we're we're talking about the third wild card now, right? We're talking about guys squeaking in with like 80 wins. And the Giants of Mays, McCovey, and Cepeda, before my time, were so great and finished second almost every year. So that was the whole generation that died. And then I came along, and I came along for the winter. From 71 to 87, they don't make the playoffs, and that's my formative years. That's ages 4 to 20 for me. So you get... And, you and you know, I know you, you're an A's guy, and, and it's been a while since 89, but, you know, you... you and you start to every year you don't win, it hardens your soul in some way. <laughs> so the Giants make it in 89. They get swept by the A's. That's a layer of, of pain. Then you got to go to 93. They win 103 and don't even make the playoffs. Arguably, to this day, maybe their best team ever that loses 103 or wins 103 and doesn't even make the playoffs because there's no wild card. The <laughs> Braves win 104. And then you go up to 02, and we need to go into the World Series, up three games to two and up 5 nothing in the seventh inning on the Angels. For uh, this and these, all of these are layers and layers and layers of pain and agony and depression and heartbreak, but but fortitude, ultimately, Rick, and then here comes Buster riding on this white horse, and it was incredible, and you know, it's funny, I'm watching the Derek Jeter, the captain documentary on ESPN, and I'm struck by how I'm watching it, and the things that David Cohn and Daryl Strawberry and guys are saying about when Jeter arrived in 96, and how he was already the the, the adult in the room, and how he was... The guys that they were looking, they were looking to him for guidance and leadership. That's what Buster Posey was. He arrived, and for some reason, had this old soul about him and had this winning presence about him. and And look what he did in his very first year. You know, he didn't lead them. He his numbers. You go look at his numbers. He wasn't like the leading hitter on the team. He only came up in in what May, late May, early June, and then wasn't become the full time guy until they traded Benji Molina. But there's no denying that this was the, probably the main reason that this team coagulated and won a World Series, thus, re- thus putting to an end, you know, since 1958, the wait for San Francisco. And then Rick, on top of that, he did it twice more. So he's the, he's the ultimate shining knight for Giants fans. He, he's the guy. He brought up, he came, he saw, he conquered, and then he retired.
3: Very good. What is the Latin for retired? Vini vidi vici. Vini vidi vici. Lazy
23: boy, something like that. <laughs> Vini vidi vici. Golf in Atlanta is what he's doing now. He's there. He and he just skedaddled too. He moved down to Georgia, and, and it's like, it's like, whoosh, he's gone. You know, part of us as Giants fans, are like, oh, you know, he's going to stick around. You know, like, like Joe Montana and Steve Young and Willie Mays and Willie McCovey, all those guys. You know, Buster's like, no, no, I'm going back to Georgia. You're like, wait, did that really happen? <laughs> And one of the things I wrote in in the essay that I prefaced the book is it was uh, like a meteor streaking across the sky because he only was here from 2010 to 2021. And you mentioned the COVID year. He took that off. In 2011, he got blown up by Scott Cousins and missed that. I mean, he really only played like 10 full seasons, nine and a half seasons. Look at Mays. Mays went from 51 to 73, you know. McCovey! My guy, the guy before Buster McCovey was everybody's guy, 59 to 80 mm. these years. And so it, it's just kind of amazing what a, what a rush it was and how fast it came and went.
3: Let me ask you this, Murph, because when I was doing the A's pre and post on the weekends for a better part of nine seasons, and I would hang out in BP and, and almost always the visiting uh, dugout just to talk to those guys, and I wouldn't bug them unless they were willing to get bugged. And... Buster always kind of reminded me of Derek Jeter is that, you know, Jeter, I would say like, hey, you know, you got Tyson Ross uh, against you today. What do you think of him? And he would tell me, never heard of him. Seaball hit ball, you know, and like oh, like <laughs> every time I tried to talk to Buster, it's not like he blew me off, but it was just kind of like, you know, like whatever. You know, like he he wasn't a, a chatty guy and that's fine. That's not his job. But for you, did you ever get a, a good conversation out of the guy? You know what,
23: Rick? I got one good conversation out of him, and it was when he retired. And it's the Mm. essay, here's the plug to the book, it's the intro to the book, 28. We got a 6,000-word intro from Buster where he agreed to do this book, and and here's the plug part, a a third of it benefits his Pediatric Cancer Foundation, uh, BP-28. I don't know what happened. Brad Manchin, the legendary photographer Brad Manchin, and everybody should buy the book because Brad is the single greatest baseball photographer in the nation, and that's a fact. And his pictures of Buster are everything you need. And he wanted to do a book about Buster when he retired. And I'm like, well, what are we going to do? And he goes, well, we can get players to talk about him. And that's what we do in the book. We get Barry Zito and Logan Webb and Matt Cain and Hunter Pence and and Sergio Romo and Brandon Crawford and Bruce Bochy to talk about him. But I said, well, what, you know, and he goes, and let's get Buster involved too. And I'm like, well, Buster, (laughs) talk about the deepest of Hail Marys is to ask Buster Posey to participate in a project (laughs) that is A, media-related, and B, shines a light on him, (laughs) stunningly, he said, yeah, that sounds good. And when I asked him why, he said, you know, I want something that my kids and my grandkids and my grandkids' kids can see to document our life. And he goes, I think you guys, you know, you guys can do it. So we were like, whoa, we got Buster? This is incredible. So we didn't even believe it until he said, yeah, I'll do an an introduction with you. Just give me a call. And I said, I'll write it in your voice. So I called him up and... Rick, we did an hour 15 wow. nonstop. I mean, so the answer to your question was, did I ever have a good conversation with him? From the time he arrived in 2009 to the time he left in 2021, the answer is no. And then from the day he retired to now, the answer is yes. <laughs> he came on our show on KMBR Tuesday to promote the book and was as relaxed and chatty and, and calm and mature and composed as, and, and substantive. So he just wanted to play ball. And as soon as the ball is over, now we're seeing the buster that got all the, all the adulation from his teammates, which is that he was a, a pro, a leader, a kind of a sneaky, funny guy. But, man, the, Rick, don't take it personally. What he, how he treated you in the dugout is even how he treated beat guys who covered him every day.
3: <laughs> Last question for you, Murph. I'm just going to throw this in. we got about a minute left. And I have to ask you, why do Niner fans hate Jimmy G so much?
23: You're not talking. <laughs> you're talking to a Jimmy G lover.
3: Yeah, I'm a, I don't get I'm
23: it. A, I, dude, Rick, we got to do another show later on that. I, I'm in. Uh, you know what? I like. I like wins. I like winning. Plus, right. I'm half Italian. I, I like the the vowel at the end of his name. <laughs> that under the? Ha- I, I, I'm I, I'm I'm fanboying on the handsome charisma of a Jimmy G. The humility of a Jimmy G. The uh, the thick skin of a Jimmy G. You're talking to you're talking to one of his supporters here. So, and I get into it with people. And the short answer to your question is, one of my buddies says, he's the limiting factor. They said they would have won a Super Bowl, but he was the limiting factor. Ah, That's their argument. You can take it from there.
3: All right. It is Brian Murphy, the book 28, a photographic tribute to Buster Posey. This is a Kramer coffee table book. You got to get it right now. It's available from Harry and Abrams Publishing. Murph, good to talk to you, man. And uh, let's catch up again down the road.
23: Great talking to you, Rick. Be good, man.
3: All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back on Sports Violet.
0: Information. 800-915-9654, 800-915-9654, 800-915-9654, that's 800-915-9654.
1: Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy.
0: that i put an abnormal brain
6: into a seven and a half foot long fifty-four inch wide
2: gorilla! Is that what you're telling me?
9: This is the only sports talk show that features a Rhodes Scholar, but he ain't here today. Now back to Rick Tittle.
3: All right, thank you for that. By the way, that uh, 28 book, the photographer Murph was talking about, Brad Mangin, if he was on the show, I would ask if he was related to General Charles Mangin, the same name, the butcher of the Chemin des Dames. This was the guy. Who he went to Saint Cyr, which is like their West Point, and then he was the guy that went with La Guerre Lointeuse, la which means all-out war, which is basically run straight into a machine gun. He was the guy behind Verdun and the both battles of the Marne, and it was this place called the Chemin des Dames, where it's like just run up that hill into the machine guns, and this is where France mutinied. The Marie Claire, the Pinard, the Ecos, Horizon Bleu. They mutinied. They said we quit. And then so they put in this guy, Philippe Pétain, who said, just wait for the Americans. I mean, literally, America saved Europe in World War I. Wait for the Americans. They're on their way. And then we came. We, I was part of it. And then, of course, Pétain was the leader of the Vichy government. He's now regarded as a monster in France. But yes, Charles Monjean, the butcher of the des de Dome. Not the guy who did the photographs in 28, the book let's get that distinction down thanks for tuning in have a good weekend rerun monday and we'll be back tuesday 9am pack time